The Linux Action Show is created by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's sponsored by Ting. Go to last.ting.com to save off your first device or plan and DigitalOcean. Go over to digitalocean.com and use our promo code LASTDIGITAL and then you can spin up your own Linux rig for free. Welcome to Linux Action Show, episode 391, live on location from System 76. My name is Chris. And my name is Noah. Hey, Noah, good morning to you. It's good to do a show with you in person again. <laughs> it's been a little while, it hasn't has. it? It has. Yeah, it has been. You know, we are really excited to be here at uh, System 76 this morning in Denver, Colorado. Coming up on today's episode of the Linux Action Show, it's pretty much about that. We're going to give you a little bit of tour, give you some idea of what, it, what it's like to be here, some behind-the-scenes interviews, some shenanigans. I mean, really, what is it like when you go visit one of the largest manufacturers of computers built to run Linux. And what kind of special challenges do they face that maybe you never even realized? We'll give you a little hint of that. Plus, coming up later in the show, in the news segment, we've got some really big stuff going on this week. Uh, the International Space Station is gearing up to run Linux. Let's Encrypt's public beta is out, and setting up on Linux is mind-blowingly easy. We'll tell you about that. A new release of uh, the uh, developer preview for Firefox OS 2.5 is out. And Noah... You could actually get it loaded right now, right here, if you wanted to. I'll tell you more about that later in the show. And then did you know something big is happening for the GNOME project? It's actually several things that are happening for the GNOME project. And uh, this is kind of all coming together for some fundamental, some of the biggest changes we've ever seen since GNOME 3 was a thing. We'll tell you about that later in the show. You've probably heard about the FCC banning uh, custom firmwares on routers. We have an update on that. Plus, we've got feedback. But before all of that, Noah... It's the picks. It is definitely the picks. And so we're going to start with our Runs Linux pick this week. And it's a nine-year-old son. Yeah. That's awesome. So basically, uh, a gentleman wrote in, and um, his son wanted to join the Lego Robotics Club. That's all cool. Yeah, right? What a great way to get started. And so... He um, he essentially he went into his, his son came home and said, "Dad, this is essentially what's going on." And his dad said, "All right, well, um, I'll go in and, and kind of help counsel." And dad ended up getting roped in <laughs> to mentoring all these kids. Roped in, right? <laughs> and so and so uh, yeah, because dad just wants to play with uh, <laughs> Come you know on. yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and so as it turns out, his dad uh, uh, basically mentored all of these kids to uh, cool. to do Legos yeah. and uh, uh, robots. Yeah. Out of Legos, yeah. and of course, Dad was interested in Linux, yeah. and so got all the kids running all this stuff on Linux. Love it. He says, uh, "Hey guys, I've got to run Linux for you. My nine-year-old son wanted to join the Lego Robotics Club at his elementary school because it's a Vonderun program. I got roped into it, and I ended up loving it. By the way, he says, so I spent a couple of evenings updating the Windows installs and dual booting machines that had to have Windows reinstalled, converted them over to Linux-only machines, and for the last six weeks, the kids have been downloading their robot controller programs from Windows machines onto the Linux robots. So even when they have to use Windows." You can make them connect and work. So the Lego EV3 robots run Linux, and the kids have been having a blast. The robots themselves run Linux. And he attached a picture, which is super cool. He talks about making the Windows machines be able to communicate with the Linux robots when they can't use Linux. Uh, even the Apple laptops, too. Pretty cool. Yeah. Really yeah, neat. It's, it's really awesome. He actually has a picture of that, and we're going to have that in the show notes. Okay. Um, Google is is making yeah. sure that everything is really secure, secure, so we can't actually get into the feedback yeah, you, to pull it up. You're but, in, uh, you're, because we're in Denver, every machine I stop at is like, yeah. Google's like, something isn't right here. Are you are you trying to break into an account? And I'm like, I kind of appreciate that, yeah. but this is the third time I've answered this. Yeah, and you know, you know, you know, it's interesting. I have kind of, I don't know if Google has given up on me. I think they kind of have oh, because yeah. I don't get that on my personal account, oh, but I get really? it on my Jupiter Broadcasting stuff. And I wonder if it's because I just signed in from so many different locations. Yeah, you do. They've just kind of gotten to You're the like, point well, where that is normal behavior. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's everywhere. So yeah. you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do? Put it all on a DigitalOcean droplet. That's right, because DigitalOcean is our sponsor of the Linux Action Show. Use our promo code LastDigital. You get a ten dollar credit. And by the way. 
their, their first rig, $5 a month. So you're going to get two months for free when you use the promo code LASTDIGITAL. Now, what is DigitalOcean? DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way for you to spin up your own super powerful Linux rig, all based on SSDs, running on top of KVM, using Linux as the fundamental platform, connected to tier one bandwidth with great data centers all over the world. In San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Germany, Toronto. I mean, seriously, these things are rocking fast with 40 gigabit E connections. Oh my gosh, you can do anything from like Ubuntu or Fedora or CentOS or CoreOS or even FreeBizzle if you roll that way. They have a lot of great features, like an easy-to-use, super-intuitive dashboard, a really great straightforward API with fantastic documentation, and a community that has written so many great open-source applications you can take advantage of right now. Just go to DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code LASTDIGITAL, and you'll see why Noah and I are cray-cray about our DO. We have so many droplets, so many droplets, like between us, yeah. I think we actually maybe have more servers than Yahoo. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> just, uh, I don't know about that, my, but it's, seriously, it's ridiculous. My, how many it might be maybe just a little bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. uh, it, 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 we're close. I, here's the thing. It is kind of funny. Like, you know, we're obviously we're in nerd country. Yeah. And we, so we've been eating and talking with other nerds. And it, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. Like, there's a couple of them that, have, that have, they, they ask questions and they're like, uh, do you have a server? Do we have a server? Let me tell you something. I have droplets. Yeah. And funny, you and I were having a conversation about this in the car yesterday. Yeah. Where I was talking about like how, you know, my checklist of why I would put a server in my house versus online has pretty much mm-hmm. totally evaporated. Yeah. And now it's always, I go with a DO droplet first, mm-hmm. and it would have to be a cold day in hell before I'd start setting up a rack back in my house again. Yeah. And um, it actually saved my life. Uh, you know, so I'm moving. Mm-hmm. And so I called the ISP and I said... Um, you know, we have to disconnect at this location, reconnect at that location. They said, all right, well, uh, you know, there's going to be a little downtime. There's going to be about five days. Well, our backup stuff is all yeah. at my house. You are a big enough organization to have a backup we place. we got a good to- connection. You put the yeah. backup service in another offsite location to store the data. Right. And so basically it's going to be gone for five days. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Well, it turns out uh, for five bucks a month, I spin up a DigitalOcean droplet and dumped all my data yeah. over there. Yeah. And even though... Uh, the the storage got to be so it wasn't five bucks a month because I, I went with a slightly higher one because I needed more storage. Well, I don't have to pay for it for very long. I just I just have to pay for right. what I'm actually going to use. So it's you not know, like it's, I'm signed into a year. What's kind of nice too is you can start with the five dollar one. You're like, uh, no, I need more, and you mm-hmm. can easily resize too, which yep. is really nice. And you can take a snapshot before you do anything like that, all with their great UI. Just use the promo code Last Digital and go build something. Mm-hmm. Some of the best technology in the open source landscape is built for the server, and you can play with that stuff. Very straightforward, and you can use it for just learning, or you can use for full-on production like Noah and I do. You just go lots. It's so many of the really great apps that you use or a lot of the great distributions you love use DigitalOcean on their back end. It's really cool. Go over there, use the promo code LASTDIGITAL and see how awesome it is to take something that used to require like a sysadmin who knew how to manage a virtual environment, sometimes required Windows software to manage that virtualizer, and now it's all done in the cloud in a super intuitive interface. DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code LASTDIGITAL. And a big thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring. Linux action show. Almost pulled my headphones out. No, don't do that. So let's talk about TiddlyWiki, our desktop app pick yes. this week. This is maybe like a great way for us taking notes on like our live setup and stuff like that. Right. It's a uh, it's TiddlyWiki, a unique nonlinear notebook for capturing, organizing, and sharing complex information. You can keep a to-do list up to date. You can plan an essay or a novel or maybe a show. Or you can organize a wedding or a divorce, depending on your situation. <laughs> Record every thought that crosses your brain or build a flexible and responsive website. TiddlyWiki. So tell me if you had to guess how many times in this week, we've only been here for two days, 48 hours, and how many times have you... Seems longer than that. (laughs) I know. No kidding, right? How many times in that 48 hours have you and I looked for a piece of information? Oh, no. What's the RTMP stream? What's the username and password for this? Right. What's the link for that? Yeah. And 
all of these notes, and there's no real system yeah. that each person has their own system, basically. Yeah, right. And we're we're trying to collaborate different information. How about something like this, where it is it's a wiki system. Yeah, yeah, and and you know probably very easy to set up on a system or just run it on your desktop too. Mm-hmm. So it's tiddlywiki.com, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and uh, you can also follow them on the, on the tweeters. It's pretty easy to get set up and going. Um, and uh, if, you have, uh, if you have Google Chrome, which I know Noah doesn't, it actually has some nice advanced features that are not supported in Firefox, but it's mostly just offline stuff. Okay, so Noah and I are always perusing the field, looking for the ultimate video editor for Linux. And it's one we've actually talked about a while ago on the show. It's called NovaCut, and this is our weekly spotlight. This is an open source project we want to give a little attention to. It's not necessarily at all ready for production editing, but the technology and the potential behind NovaCut not only would bring a competitive editor to Linux, but it would bring a feature set not seen in any other commercially available editor on any platform. It is truly Google Docs Meets an editor. I mean, yeah. real-time collaboration, all that kind of stuff. We have some footage here we want to show you because Novacut's been worked on here at System76, and uh, it is intensely cool. This is really something. So this is the Novacut UI right here. And uh, the Novacut UI is still in early stages, so uh, keep that in mind. But if you watch over there, he is moving clips on this laptop. And on these two laptops, the clips are rearranging on the machine in real time. It synchronizes all of the files and all of the metadata over SSL. And I think it's like an HTTP connection, uh, HTTPS. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it then synchronizes all the files, all the metadata information in real time. Could you imagine like this for a collaborative editing project or like even just reviewing to see a final cut of something? Yeah. Distributed file system and metadata store is really cool too. Yeah. What's, what's that using on the back end? Uh, so it's called DMedia, and that's the foundational layer. So it's a distributed object store, vaguely similar to like uh, S3 or uh, Swift, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot more loosely coupled because it's just kind of chaos has to deal with. Yeah. yeah, and it seems to handle like restoring from network loss extremely yeah. smoothly, and like you know, which is great for like Wi-Fi working and. So. Like this, a bunch of changes, which the other computers now don't know about because it's disconnected from the network. And then he plugs back in the Ethernet, and then a few seconds later, all of the clips rearrange. That's fantastic! Isn't that amazing? And and it would work too if we disconnected the computer over here, right? And then hooked it back up. It's just based on last change file, right. last modification. Right. Yeah, so we can uh, two. And put a few things over there. Move a few things over there. And then plug things back in, and they will rearrange. Plug in both laptops, they are both disconnected, boom. And it does. And on the third one, too. And on the third one, too. Yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, it really. Oh. What do you suppose the maximum. Link you would need, or the minimum, I should say, link you would need to make this work. Could you do it over a WAN? Could you do it over the internet? Oh, uh, definitely. So, um, well, with some, with some caveats. So, getting the initial media files, that's big, and yeah, obviously, but once you have, because it stores them locally on both endpoints, then all you're doing is streaming the metadata changes and the edits, which is tiny. And you could do it on a dial up connection. Awesome. Right. 
Awesome. Oh my gosh, that makes. I mean, I could imagine like somebody on location that's at an event like this getting a rough edit for the show tomorrow, and then me approving it back at the studio and letting the files take their time to sync. You know, it's very cool. So, when do you think uh, like the next big updates, the next iteration of people might want to play with it is? Um, that's always hard to say, but uh, uh, so now so much of the work has been on all the lower level uh, distributed stuff, which is ninety five percent of the code in Novacut. That's what it is. Um, but now that stuff's kind of settled, so it's been the focus has shifted to the editor. So uh, progress is being made. Okay, cool. I will stay tuned. You know, the thing that really makes that possible is that distributed model uh, back end that they have, and they're transferring all those files like we talked about. It's just so cool to see that. And it's early days still, but... Uh, the first time that he was demoing, he actually went all out. Like, he was powering off one machine mm -hmm. to show us, like, mm -hmm. you could sync, you could put, you could make changes onto a drive. And because that drive was tagged as a D-meter drive, mm -hmm. when he plugged that drive into another computer that wasn't even powered up and definitely not connected to the network, even then, yeah. it... It all the changes replicate, yeah. and it's like, man, that yeah. that feels like video editing yeah. in twenty fifteen. You, you could really see how you could do some collaborative work with that kind of thing, and just even reviewing edits and cuts would be super nice. And of course, it's all open source; it's mm -hmm. all running on top of Linux. That's where it's being developed first. And uh, the other gentleman in that video was uh, the Linux gamer. So shout out to the Linux gamer; he has a YouTube channel. And guess what? He talks about games on Linux. Oh, oh, yeah, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, isn't that interesting? Noah? did you know that? Uh, so you can find all of our previous picks over at JupiterBroadcasting.com/slash Last Picks. We'll have a link to Nova Cut in the show notes. Like I said, it's early days, but they'd love some help too and you can also find it at novacut.com and man it's, you know a couple of guys have been well we just spent the morning editing video under Linux we are yeah. looking yeah. forward to uh, Novacut and seeing where it goes and we'll keep an eye on it alright Noah let's do the news It's the news, and this episode is brought to you by Ting.com. Go to last.ting.com, las.ting.com to get a $25 discount off your first device, or even better, I think, $25 in service credit. Because Ting is pay for what you use mobile, so $25 will actually get you quite a ways. Isn't that amazing? It's a flat $6 for the line, and then it's just your usage on top of that. So I've got three lines right now. And I think uh, our, we, uh, we actually, I've, I've just had another record. I just had another record, uh, a record bill of $65 because... Uh, oh, you poor baby. I gave, uh, you a know... A whole $65. Jenny is a... F we have a family friend who uh, needed a phone and uh, she, was in, she was nine months pregnant. Yeah. And uh, so... It's a good I, reason to need a phone. Well, and I didn't want her not to have a phone. Yeah. So, you know, what's it cost me? I got the phone. It's six bucks a month. I'm already... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I give her the phone. Of course, you know what a pregnant woman does? She texts and talks and... Oh, oh. Sends a lot of pictures. Yeah, she's look does, at yeah. my belly now. Yeah, look yeah. at my belly now. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Even then, sixty-five bucks. You know, for three lines, HTC One. Uh, I think. I think I, I think I gave her like an iPhone Five S mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. and the the Samsung Galaxy S Six. Mm -hmm. uh, and at other times, I've had the Nexus Five on there. I've had an iPhone Six on there. You know, I mean, I've had lots of phones, and I've never really had an issue with the with with the with the cost of the bill. And what I realized is, is really with Ting, you're paying by the person. You're not paying yeah. by the device. So if you're if you want to have a phone and you want to have a tablet and maybe even want to have a MiFi hotspot, mm -hmm. you're not getting into $60 a month agreements for each one of those things. Exactly. It's not based on device. It's based on the person. And so me as a person, I have an account with an amazing control panel and I just put all these devices in there and I just pay for their usage individually. And that is so nice when we keep moving into a world where everything needs to be data connected. Right. You got to have every single little day. Even our freaking watches, data connection, right? So it is really, it is really, really, really important that a company like Ting comes along at this time and says, well, we're not going 
going to nickel and dime you for every single one. And the reason is because Ting has a really unique business model. I, I invite you to go to Ting's blog. Go to last.ting.com and check out their blog to find out more. But basically, the gist is no contracts, no early termination fees. Pay for what you use. And when you get the phone, you own them out right there unlocked. They got all the great phones. They got the Nexus 6 up there now. They got the Nexus 5X. They got the Apple phones. They got the Samsung phones. They even got really, really great feature phones. And they have SIM cards you can buy directly. So you can really mix and match as you want. You can get something super easy, one click of a button, or you can go build your own custom solution. It is wonderful. And I, I encourage you to dig around their blog. There is some really good stuff, especially if you're looking at, uh, if you are or considering becoming a cord cutter. Really good stuff recently. I have to show you my new Ting hotspot. Yeah. Yeah, when we get off the air, I have it with me. It is a it's a T-Mobile GSM unlocked hotspot yeah. that I just I put on Ting and you know. You got the $9 SIM card and good to go. Exactly. Well, no, I didn't, Chris. I didn't. I just took the SIM card out of the other out of one of oh. the, like four devices that yeah. I just kind of rotate. I can only use one device at a time. Yeah. But with the with the way the GSM works, you rotate the SIM. I just rotate the SIM, taking mm-hmm. whatever device I want that day. That is yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah, so check it out last.ting.com. Go there, visit that page, check them out. That supports our show. Even if you didn't get a phone, that supports our show. But what I would invite you to do Mm-hmm. is consider it. Try their savings calculator and just take a look. Uh, I've saved over $2,000 in the last two years. And the other thing, even besides that, is the funny thing about Ting is at this point, now that I'm over two years into it, mm-hmm. I would actually pay more for Ting because I feel like I have control. Yeah. I feel like I am the person who is managing the relationship, yep. not the vendor. Like, like when I talk to the other phone companies, I feel like a small little peon who's basically, maybe at best, if I complain really hard and threaten to cancel my account, maybe they'll bend for me a little no, bit. No, they won't. They'll just follow their flowchart for a customer wants yeah. to cancel, offer yeah. free month of service. Right. Offer, but right. they Meanwhile, Ting's got radical support. You can call them at 1-855-TING-FTW and talk to them and get a real human being. It's great. Or you can check out their great online support. And these are all huge differentiators that honestly are kind of worth paying more for. Absolutely. But you don't have to. Last.ting.com. Go check it out. And a big thanks to Ting for sponsoring Link's Action Show. Also, I was just going to give a quick mention. Follow them on Twitter at TingFTW because they're doing a giveaway for a Nexus 5X. Oh, what? really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's easy. I need to sign, I need to sign yeah, up. You need to right. sign up for that. I know. I know, dude. I know. So I wanted to mention it to the audience because that seems like it's toast worth it. Uh, okay. So this story could have been, a, well, maybe it will be a Runs Linux in about a year or so. But right now, it is a news story. It is not yet a Runs Linux. And that is the International Space Station checking out Linux. Uh, so this comes from, now, the guy who runs the, uh, the, uh, NASA, uh, the NASA stuff that uh, manages their Linux rigs and their laptops and their stuff that communicates. His name is Keith Shalava, I think. Mm-hmm. How would you say that, Noah? Uh, Chalava? I, uh, I, yeah. Chalava Dava? Well, here's what I would say, because it's, it's probably Russian. Chalava Lava? Ch- Chavala. 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 He, uh, he works for NASA. He's a contractor at NASA, I believe. And he's deeply integrated into the uh, International Space Station operations, and he's just decided it's time to migrate them to Linux. To Linux. As a leader of the laptops and network integration team, he oversees the developers in charge of writing and integrating software for the station's OpsLAN. Did you know the uh, International Space Station has an OpsLAN? I was not aware of that. It makes sense. I love that they have multiple lands on the International Space Station. Oh, man. That's like a giant rover in space. Uh, that is. Yeah. That's a good analogy. <laughs> I, I like that. I love it. Uh, so, uh, they, you know, this thing, these things tell the astronauts where they, uh, where they need to go, what, if, what they need to do the day, inventory control, all that kind of stuff, Ma- managing cameras. This is a quote from the guy. He says, we migrated key functions from Windows to Linux because we needed an operating system that was stable and reliable, one that would give us in-house control. So if we need to patch, adapt, or adjust, we could. With the transition to Linux looming, 
We've turned to the Linux Foundation for Linux training. That's why this article comes from the Linux Foundation. They talk about the dozens of laptops under their control that have extensive development needs from very small number of users up in the space station down to more people down in NASA. Along with the ongoing laptop support, a new challenge for the team is headed up to the International Space Station called Robot or Robonaut R2. The Robonaut R2 is designed to take over some of the astronauts' responsibilities. R2 will be the first humanoid robot in space. And guess what? It runs Linux. The robot will be manipulated by onboard astronauts with ground controllers commanding it to do different things and go into different positions. The Linux training from the Linux Foundation will help NASA developers ensure that R2 can be a productive addition to the ISS. uh, Still in the fine-tuning phase, R2 will eventually carry out tasks too dangerous, or I love this one, too mundane, for astronauts in microgravity. Too mundane. Yes, please. I'm ready for a robot. That's how you know you've reached the future, huh? Mm -hmm. When they're talking about things in space being mundane. (laughs) Jeez, man. Right? Right? Yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, The laptops and R2, you know, right now they're on XP. So not a bad upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) You could upgrade upgrade to a smartphone and you'd you'd be an upgrade. But think about it. Like when you, like, think about tech support in space. That's a serious problem. Oh, man. Do you have TeamViewer? Oh, no. No, we don't. (laughs) Yeah. You have SSH access? Well, for about eight minutes a day at this exact time. And it takes about two minutes for round trip. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So the next story is really exciting. Uh, talk about our robots. Don't you want your robots to use SSL? I sure do. Well, Let's Encrypt is about to launch their public beta. If you're not familiar with Let's Encrypt, well, then just stand by. I'll get to that. But Let's Encrypt is going to enter public beta on December 3rd. Once they've entered public beta, our systems will be open to anyone who would like to request an SSL cert. There's no longer any requirements to sign up or wait for an invitation. They started a limited beta on September 12th, uh, and they issued over 11,000 certs since then. Not bad, but here's why this matters to the Linux Action Show. With a simple Python script, and I've linked uh, to a tutorial here for Let's Encrypt, with a simple Python script, Noah, check this S out. Uh, uh, I believe it's Python, I might have been lying. You check this thing out from GitHub, and then you run this Let's Encrypt dash auto script, okay. and then you say dash dash Apache, dash dash server, and you give it the, the uh, address and where it's all out, and then you say, uh, yes, I know I'm using a dev preview, I agree to that. Mm-hmm. That frickin' script goes out, gets you a free, legitimate, trusted SSL cert. Mm-hmm. Goes and gets one for free. Okay. An SSL cert for you. Like register, re- register the whole nine yards, huh? Okay. Then pulls it down to your rig. Okay. Reconfigures Apache on the fly to use your new cert and use HTTPS, <laughs> and you're good to go. Wow. Now, and of course, this isn't taking care of, like, if you have IMAP on your machine, you want to use uh, IMAP SSL, or if you have Nginx, sorry, go F yourself, you can't use this yet. Or, or even, like, you know, like, OwnCloud was the first time I actually ever ran into that was, I don't set up, I don't do, I don't do web administration, really. I, I tinker with it, or I mm-hmm. make tiny little changes to already existing infrastructure, but people don't hire us to set up web servers. And so, uh, the, first time I, the first time I was working with OwnCloud, they said, you know, really, you should use uh, SSL. I mean, that's yeah. and OwnCloud constantly to figure it out. Constantly badgers you about it too. Really. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It tells you like you think you think that all you think your life's gonna end if you don't get SSL. They're like you know you know death may happen, bro. Bro, do you realize this is an encrypted bro? Poison, die yeah. from fire, yeah. all of the above. Yeah. So this is now this is something that's super early, and some of the early reviews from the closed beta say, well, getting the cert part works really good. The actually configuring your Apache part can be a little hit and Gee, miss. Gee, go figure that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Think about how extensive Apache is. Like I'm sure if you have a stock install of Apache, it'll go just fine. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think you need some some generic or not even generic. You don't need somebody making a Python script on the web. What you need is. Uh, distribution makers like Canonical 
and Ubuntu, they have Ubuntu Make. Mm -hmm. And Ubuntu Make, you just say, you know, I want Android Studio, or yeah, I want yes, this, yes. and it just sets yep. it all for you. You need something kind of like that, like yeah. system roles. I need a system role of, a, of, an a, of an HTTPS server, and they could manage, they could write the script specifically for that distro to go out, get the cert, set up the package you want. Like, they could take yeah. care of it. It could be an integration thing that the distro makers provide for their server spins. You know, I don't know enough, maybe enough about certs to, uh, you know, to speak authoritatively on this, but... Couldn't we just modify the system in, in such a way that we could just have, like, you could use it like, like you manage um, SSH certs, where I just drop a file into a specific folder, and then that becomes mm. the cert that's mm. used? Or? Yeah, there's still a lot of configuration still you have to do to make that work. Really? Yeah, that would be sweet. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. I, so it just, it seems like there, it's, I guess what I'm saying is there are plenty of other places where we use certificate-based authentication, and yeah. it works just fine. And it seems like for whatever reason, SSL is just the one real pain to set up, and it's probably just because I'm ignorant about it. And I don't well, do and each, you know, set up SSH ten times a day. So well, uh, you know, and the thing the thing about it is, uh, for me, is I understand that you know sometimes when you make SSL encryption this approachable and this easy, it almost has the opposite effect of what you want. Sure. But at the same time, if Let's Encrypt did nothing but give us a identity identity verification service, so that way I knew when I was going to altaspeed.com, I was visiting the real AltaSpeed. Yeah. Even if it's you know, if you could, you could quibble about how hard or easy it was to set up uh, HTTPS for that site. Sure. But at least then I know that is I'm not getting some bogus site. That's yep. a legitimate site. And I think we, I, I, this is a red book prediction for the Linux Action Show, and I could be way wrong on this. But I would not, I would not be surprised if in five years from now or ten years from now we look back and we think, can you believe how much stuff we sent over the web that a the identity of the end remote and both ends of the site, both ends we're of the connection were not verified. That's crazy. And that so much stuff was done over plain text. I think we will look back at this as quaint. A lot of how we look back at early internet security. I think we'll look back at the lack of HTTPS. And I think we'll see, like, just even visiting Jupyter Broadcasting. And yeah. that will be HTTPS, just so yeah. you can verify that's legitimate. And it's not even like everybody's paranoid. It's just one more checkbox on the making the web easier and safer to use. And Microsoft will still be using FTP servers That's to store true. other stuff. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. So uh, speaking of other things that are challenging Microsoft, Firefox OS has a new developer preview up, version 2.5. And uh, there's something else really cool about this. But here's a couple of new features in Firefox OS. Uh, now you got add-ons, just like you come to love from your desktop Firefox browser. Now you can screw your phone. I mean, now you can install. No, no, dude. You know, know. what this means. No, you know what this, no, you know what this means. You know what this means. You know what I'm thinking. I'm going to extension the hell out of my phone when no, I get a Firefox. No, phone. Oh, well, but you will. I won't. But here's what. Here, you know what's going to work now? That VR thing. Do you remember that? They, he said the only thing that yeah. required uh, for the Firefox OS to work with that some VR extension. was it was an extension. And as soon as mobile supported add-ons. cool. Then That'd you can be do really it. Nice. Oh, that's what uh, I'm looking forward so to. So also a big improvement with private private browsing and tracking protection. A new Firefox privacy feature, tracking protection, allow users to control how their browsing activity is tracked. That's very nice. And pin the web. It removes the artificial distinction between web and apps. Mm. You what? can pin any website or web page to your home screen for later no, usage. Oh, I don't like that. All right, here we go. This is the biggin. Are you ready for this one? All right, I'm ready. You ready to blow your mind? I'm ready to blow my mind. Blow my mind. You can download a Firefox OS 2.5 preview for your existing Android device right now. It launches an app on your Android device, and you get to try out Firefox OS. Um, it's just a simple APK download. It's not in the uh, Play Store. But the Firefox OS guys thought maybe you'd want to give it a chance without having to invest in new hardware or reflash your machine. Uh, because reflashing means losing user data, and so that puts off a lot of people. They don't want to do that. Uh, there's always the inherent risk of rendering your hardware inoperable, potentially, if you're, especially if you're new to it, you know, a.k.a. bricking your device. So Firefox OS 2.5 developer preview avoids these issues by replacing the Android home screen with the Gaja or Gala. I can't quite. Gaia. I think this might be Gaia. My screen's a little far away. Gaia layer for Firefox OS. 
cool. Effectively, you can use Firefox OS while still having full access to all your Android apps. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And then, you know what? That's the only way they're going to rope somebody like you in. Because I know you well enough to know that you're not just going to wipe your phone and yeah. put Firefox Especially OS. Especially the S6. It's not going to happen. The S6 is not yeah. exactly a... But you would do a boot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. And give it a shot. Especially if you could, if you could run it right inside of... Uh, Right inside of Android. They do warn you this is because it has its own task manager, its own utility tray, its own navigation buttons and settings and more. Sometimes run on top of Android means some of these things do come into conflict. So they're still working yeah, on it. It's yeah. early days. Yeah. They're still working on it. They call it a preview. Yeah. And call it a preview. Yeah, so people who want to play. You know who else is working on things? The GNOME project. And man, oh man. Now, uh, GNOME 3 has come a long way since version 3.0. I think we would all admit that, even if you're not a GNOME user. Mm-hmm. And if you compare it to what they did since the initial release, it's pretty big difference. And it's just been a tight long slog. Uh, each release, they've achieved significant improvements to the overall experience. Uh, they say they filled, filled out experiences with major new features like system-wide search, the lock screen, online accounts, and a raft of new apps. So they say much of this work has been hard, reviewing every little bit of the UI and improving it one step at a time. But when you zoom out, Noah, a couple of big things are happening in the GNOME world. Big things. Um, Start with xdg-app. We've talked about this a few times now on the show. It is an ability for developers to create applications that are sort of distro agnostic, sort of uh, uh, easily portable because there's some containerization there, some sandboxing. Mm-hmm. He goes on, the, the, uh, Alex, the author of this blog from Gnome, says the cross-platform and security aspects of application sandboxings are important. But there's a lot more of it than just that. It will enable us to improve the whole user experience, enabling the OS to be more robust, stable, and secure, and improve performance. It will also allow more flexible release cycles for applications. Now, check this out, Noah, without having to wait for that six-month release cycle or a specific version of a distro. When an app is ready to be updated, it just gets updated because using XGG app and containers. I think I like that. I think I like that, but I'm, I'm not a big change, sure. Yeah, yeah, it is a big change. And the other thing is, I have been bitten by the other side of that mm. of that mentality so so often. In fact, you know what? It is never more clear to me than when we're together of how how much how different you and I see the Linux ecosystem that way. It, no, it's funny. Like he'll go to do something. Like you'll go to install Pavu Control, right? There should be no reason that that should make me nervous. None whatsoever. None. Not even a little bit. And yet I'm like. Uh, something's not going to work, something's not going to work, and something's going to break, and something's going to break. And as it turns out, and I'm not necessarily Pavo Control, but in, in the process of trying to uh, modify some audio settings inside of OBS as well as outside in, in three different places, somehow we wound up with uh, audio doubling up. And like my first reaction was, uh, like when we got in here was, well, I should just blow it away, I guess, and start from scratch, because that would be the easier way to, to start. And I just, I, I just, I live in that whatever gets installed by default is. And so stuff like this... I don't know. I, I guess mm-hmm. it just makes me nervous. I, my hands start shaking. My, my you do, you know, you do the updates, right, like through GNOME software, and it might not be a big deal at all. I think as long as you're using uh, open source software mm-hmm. or, or stuff that's supported and expected to run in GNOME, I think you'll be fine. I think when you start running anything that runs inside of uh, things like, not necessarily for this, but things like Wine, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when you start, when you can't necessarily count on the predictability of, of changes in the OS. Um, or even proprietary software that runs on top of Linux, and it just, it's kind yeah. of like a side issue for them, mm-hmm. I think that's where you really yeah. see issues. You know, uh, so there's a couple other things that are coming to GNOME that I'm wondering what you think about. How about making it pretty? Uh, so they have, they're working on this project called GTK Plus Scene Graph, and it's going to add a whole bunch of new animation capabilities to GNOME. 
Widespread animations could have a revolutionary impact on how we design and create GNOME applications, Alex writes. Each of these initiatives have developed independently, and it's easy to focus on them individually. However, I think that we should be viewing them as elements of something bigger, the next significant evolution of GNOME. We might just be on the verge of the next big... Hold on, hold on, no, can I, uh, can I, uh... Do we have... On the next big evolution of GNOME. Nice, dude. Thank you, thank you. I think they like nice. that. Yeah, that very, much yeah. very much. Very much. That was great. That was All right. Great. Horribly immature, but really great. <laughs> I know it was a great effect and great timing. Yes, I couldn't help it. Um, <laughs> I don't like the aesthetic of gnome, and I mean, we got into the. I, I know. Well, I know. I know. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. I know. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> hey, that might be a little excessive. No. Uh, uh, so hear me out. Hear me out, and then you can walk away. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, okay. All right. Sorry. Just this craziest thing I've heard all day. Yeah. So I just. Um, I didn't know so, how to handle it. I so had to stand up. I, I when I when I look at gnome. And it, it, you're right, it has gotten better. And, and in 3.18, it, it's, it's drastically improved. But like this blocky, simplistic it, it, interface-like thing is just not for me. And mm. I like the beveled edges uh, in, in Unity. I like the gradiated um, panel up at the top, yeah. the, the gray gradient. I think stuff like that, to me, is aesthetically pleasing, especially um, you know the high-contrast orange. On t I think it has a nice pop of color. That is what really appeals to me. And so... I'm not saying gnome is bad. I just it's not my personal taste, and I know that you couldn't be more the opposite. Yeah, a bunch of looks outdated to you. So I think that either we both win. With I would be. Like this, I right? think. I think some of the stuff they're working on now is going to go bigger than gnome. Really? Yeah, I think it'll go bigger than gnome. I really do. I really do. Huh. I think it's. I think the GTK scene graph stuff, and I think. Uh, I think uh, some of the other things like XGD app is all going to be integrated in other distros too, and it's going to. It's big. Okay. It's big. What do we got? Music going on? Over yeah, there? I was. I was. I took my headphones out to see yeah. what. Uh, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's. Yeah. It's like somebody's not aware that we're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. We only have one more story in the new segment, then we'll go yell at people. All right. So, and, and I don't think you're all that uh, jacked up about this one, uh, but the FCC says, "Hey, don't worry, we're not banning DDWRT on Wi-Fi routers." Upon receiving criticism, the FCC insisted there was no ban on software like DDWRT. WRT or open WRT, mm -hmm. saying instead of manufacturers just need to prevent devices from working outside their allowed frequencies, types of modulations, and power levels so they don't interfere with other systems. Okay, stop. How are they going to do that without restricting what software can go onto it? Well, that's basically what all the OEMs figured out. As well. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. so the OEMs but are see, there was there was actually, in the guidance from the FCC, there was actually a specific reference to DDWRT oh, in great. the guidance. So yeah. DDWRT is a special project and gets preferential No, no, the guidance, they, they called out as an example of something not to install. Yeah. They said, that's, don't that's worse. Yeah. That's worse. But now they've updated the guidance. So the FCC oh, engineering good, technology good, good. chief also wrote in a blog post, clearing the air on Wi-Fi software updates. They say the previous guidance raised questions on whether the FCC was mandating wholesale blocking of open source firmwares. We're not, but we agree with the guidance. Manu uh, it needs to be crystal clear, so we've updated the guidance. So there you go. Yeah, I, I want to know what the... Here, here's the thing. What, you're, what you are asking, what, what they are laying out, is fundamentally impossible. You cannot simultaneously say, I don't want these certain devices to operate in a certain way, mm -hmm. and at the same time, you can install whatever uh, software you want to control the device in any way you want. Those two things are yeah. mutually exclusive. The, yeah, you pick one or one the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you restrict their ability, if you restrict the software's avail uh, ability to control the hardware device, then you've essentially blocked uh, the ability to replace what the manufacturer's intended to do, and I think there's no benefit to this, and I and I don't think that they're solving a problem. Or you end up like we have with cell, cell phones, where you have uh, the baseband is a whole separate, whole separate OS basically from the uh, uh, from the phone OS. Yeah, it's absurd. I there's I don't think there's anything good. You know, the thing that really bothers me about this, Chris, is. I don't see a benefit. I can't even follow where they're coming from. It's like the Christmas uh, or the uh, the Christmas cup uh, conversation. Yeah, it's I don't even I can't even follow their logic. What problem are they trying to solve, and who benefits from this, mm -hmm. other than the manufacturers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
We'll see. I think uh, I think it's a step in the right direction, but you're right. Essentially, it's kind of the same effect. So I'm curious yeah. to see what the community thinks. Linux Action Show at Reddit.com. Is this going to fix our problem with getting our own firmwares on our Wi-Fi routers? LinuxActionShow.reddit.com. Now, here at System76, you might imagine people get kind of passionate about Linux. And Noah here is a bit passionate about Linux. In fact, he kind of has a reputation on our show for being the switcher. Yeah. He switches people at pretty much any cost to himself. So, do you, you, you've seen the TV shows where they have, like, they have parallel characters. And then, like, like for instance, NCIS, like, the, the Abbey meets the, the forensic scientist of the other team. Yeah. And then the leader meets yeah. the leader. Yeah. So, we're standing in System76, and we're kind of hanging out. And all of a sudden, I met my match. I met mm -hmm. the switcher of System 76. They call her the closer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And she's with us today. Hey, uh, Emma, <laughs> welcome to Linux Action Show. Thank Thanks. It's <laughs> awesome. Thank you for the sparkles. Sparkles. Too. So uh, I don't remember exactly how this came up, but we kind of got down to it. It seems like we need to have kind of a switch off here. Yeah. And I, I don't. I'm. I'm just going to be a third party moderator here. I'm not involved in the actual competition, but we have kind of a bit of a rivalry brewing here. Now, Noah, will you kind of recap what's going on here? So, are, are you sure you want us to argue through you? you yeah. Oh, be yeah. In you the middle of this? You can sit here if you I'm want. I'm just kidding. No, if you, <laughs> I kind of do, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, kinda, you, he wants he wants you to argue through us. He wants to be like, yeah, yeah, it's it's more fun. Plus, not to mention, we won't kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, what happened was to start. Yeah. <laughs> basically, what happened to start was um, we sat down and we started talking about switching people to Linux. And of course, at first, we were in agreement. We're like, yeah, yeah, switching people yeah. to Linux is great. Windows. Can sucks, I can I just say something real before we get to? I think maybe Noah. You know, he started talking. And maybe he got a little too confident. Maybe he he forgot we were literally at a company whose business is switching people to Linux. Yeah, yeah. he it was him. He yeah. started it. Yeah. He yeah, said I, he I, could switch more people, yeah. and then you talked about having an SSD in your pocket. Did I say yeah. that? Yeah, you did. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all. And then I said I could switch more without the SSD in my pocket, and then we decided we would have a competition. I, yeah. I feel like this is getting portrayed poorly. And there, we, was, we, there, was, there was like there was stories to compare like their switching prowess. Like, yeah. a, we, of course, we had to bring up the time we went to Five Guys Burgers and Noah switched a guy in the line to Linux. That happened. Yeah, but that's like I switched a, a guy in the airport. I switched guys. I switched a guy in a plane. Like, while I was it was funny. We, <laughs> I was on. A, uh, I was on a, I was on a like a 15 hour or a 12 hour flight over to um, over to Sydney, Australia. Yeah. And I felt so bad for the guy sitting next to me. And I kind of sat down and and he opens up his computer and the first words was out of Windows. His, yeah. Uh -oh. The first word out of his mouth is that oh, this is slow. And I'm like, you know, the computer's running slow, huh? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, man, he's stuck for 15 hours. Here we go. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, and no, and, and so, but so we started we we started uh, swapping stories, and basically, it, like Emma and I are at a standoff. You feel like Emma, like you feel like maybe if you were thrown into a situation out of five guys or on an airplane for fifteen hours, you could switch somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they had a computer, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. like the the best gateway. So mm -hmm. you're talking about if they have a computer. Yeah. So I thought we were gonna do like. On the streets, yeah, yeah no, we can like take into a random person yeah. walking down yeah. the mall. Oh, that, yeah. That'll work. I, that's totally cool. Yeah. So l let's start. You let. Why don't you start by telling me why you think that you are are going to have more success. Uh, switching. switching people to Linux, yeah. and then I'll tell you why I think I'm going to have yeah. better. And then success. we'll just have the competition and see where it yeah. lands. Okay, yeah. I, I'll start. Okay. Um. So. Yes, they do call me the closer because every single person that calls me, pretty much, maybe maybe one or two people that call me are not new Ubuntu users. So all day, 
I convert 90% of the users. So they're on that ledge, and instead right. of negotiating them to get off the ledge, right. I'm, I'm holding their hand yeah. to jump off. Them. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, Give them um, a little parachute maybe if they need it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then I'm there after they jump to catch them when they fall. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah, totally. So I, I'm a 90%er. I'm a closer. That's right, Noah. All right. And you think your rate's about 90%, Noah? Oh, I'm 100%. Well, <laughs> and these are people that have been on Windows their entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I can get them all to switch. So I'll tell you why I think I'm uh, why I'm going to have more success. The people that you're dealing with are people that are coming to you. They know that System76 exists. Thus, they know that Ubuntu or an alternative operating system exists. And if they bothered to pick up the phone, that's like 90% of the battle. And I am in the trenches of people that are using Windows and like Windows and don't want to leave Windows. And I feel like if I can have success there, that's going to more closely resemble if you and I walk into a restaurant or the street or the mall or the bar or wherever it is we're going to do this. It's going to be a fun time. Here's, here's the thing. No matter what happens, and no matter who's declared the winner, a bunch of people are going to be running. That's true. I know. It's going to be really awesome. So either way, it's a win for everyone. So, yeah. But we do have to set guidelines. Okay. okay. And, all right, all right, and we do have to determine um, where we're going to do it, when we're going to do it, how yeah. long we get to do it, okay. yeah. how many people, all and right. what our percentage is. Yeah. Okay. Right. We both wear Google Glass because you did get a heads up on me. You know, you're, you're walking at people with Google Glass. Yeah, but so, yeah feel, this guy knows tech. Yeah, I'm going to listen well, to yeah, him. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I feel like that's one of my selling points. I, I don't have a company to be like, oh, and by the way, if you have any problems, we make computers that run Linux. So, like, I, I work in a cubicle full of people. I know the guy. Like, the guy that started, the like, the basically the only company that makes good Linux computers, I just, I can knock on his office and be like, hey, bro, I need some help. I don't have that going for me. Okay, so I don't need help, so I have that going for Boom. me. Boom. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Sparkles. Gotcha there, Noah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a comeback for that. But seriously, I don't need an SSD in my pocket. I don't need Google Glass on my face. And I don't need a guy oh, in an good. office okay. helping all right. me. Okay, all right. So, okay, all right. There you so go. No That's Google why I'm more confident. So no Google Glass. Okay. No, but we are going to wear Google Glass because we want to videotape it. We want reactions because okay, we need, to know, okay, we need right. to know why they said yes. That's you true. You want to see our skills You can strap video. a GoPro to your head. That's not as a good. No, that'd be no. weird. Yeah. You could do Google Glass is way more techy and yeah. hip. Yeah, I so, agree. So, all right. So, we'll we can we can work out the the details, but I think these ground rules, common common agreement on these uh, these rules. You guys have a common agreement right now. Mm-hmm. I think we could bang out like the semantics of where it's actually going to happen. Okay. And the duration, and then we just come back and we see how things worked out. All right. So maybe like in a couple of weeks we just like figure it out. All right. So after after we wrap up here, we'll we'll work out all the fine print. Okay. But I think we all are in agreement of the basic rules. That's fair. All right. So, Dr. Emma, thank you for joining us. And you continue your switching. <laughs> yeah, and thank you very much for all the, all the things that you do and the support that you provide yeah. to all the people. Because, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is all More good people fun, running but, Linux, yeah. But at the end of the day, it can be summed up in one phrase, and that is, same team, bro. Yeah. yeah same more, team. Totally. People, more people running Linux is always But let's thing. have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank all you, Emma. Right. Thanks, so, Emma. You might, you might have noticed that Emma is wearing a uh, doctor's jacket. She is a doctor, after all. And she has been performing a very, very important service. When you bring people into a headquarters like System76, you have to make sure security is followed. So we have to screen out all of the robots and cyborgs from the humans. It just makes sense, and it's something all of us will figure out we have to do soon. And so Dr. Emma is here to issue this test using a heart rate monitor built, I believe, on top of an Arduino, all running Linux. It's pretty cool, Noah. Give a, go ahead and uh, let's see how you turned out in your test. I've done this like 18 times. This EKG test. Dr. Emma, like have, and I just had one done professionally uh, in, a, in a hospital, so I know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't put it on the leg. They did. Really? Yeah, you do you do one on each leg, one on each arm, you, and then like six on your you, chest. Usually they go here, here, and there. If it's a three, and then if it's a, and then if it's yeah, if it's that's that's where I usually put them for that. But I would, I will make you take your shirt. Oh, 
Uh, he's just waiting for an excuse. That, that is the, the right leg one, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's red. Ian likes to make sure that I'm doing everything right because he doesn't try to do Shut up! That That's is so okay. incredibly not Emma. Emma, I see one quick problem here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this, this doesn't get plugged into the laptop. This gets plugged oh, into wow, the. Oh wow, that was serious. It's really happening. <laughs> okay, that's legit. <laughs> I couldn't find that hole. That's what that's he what said. She said. Right here, Emma. Right here. Huh? Right here. You said right here. I know I said right here, but I just trust me. I just had it done. You want to do it right works here? the bet in the middle of that. Yeah. This is practice. This is practice. You guys better not like put this on anything. No, this will never be aired anywhere. You're videotaping it though. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to look him in the eyes when you do it. Yeah, you got to start testing testing him now. This yeah, is actually part of the test. I feel like I feel like you're trying to get me to do Twister here. Like, why are we all? No, it's just, it's just tangled. It's just tangled. Okay, I'm really bad at. This is how she's gonna slow down you getting people to switch from Linux. She's gonna get y'all tangled up. Very, very Okay. All right, there we go. So one thing is, it does respond to noise. Oh, look at that. It doesn't respond to noise. We don't know. Yes, it does, Ian. It does. Okay, hold on, hold on. When people are loud... I don't think so. Okay, fine. It responds okay. to movement, so if you react to the... Oh, oh okay, And yeah. Emma, you got... It I think you got left throwing. and right. No, you didn't. What's wrong? Why yeah, you're just going... His heartbeat's going the other way. He's yeah. a robot. No, no, it's not. It's not. We're just measuring it. That is exactly weird. No, I think he's a robot. No, the QRS complex, it's supposed to have... It's supposed to be higher on the top. Trust me, again, I just did one. I, I remember looking at it. And, and Ian, if you could evacuate the area, that'd be great. No! <laughs> okay, sort of question. Dr. Emma is here to take the Is the coolest little steady cam? Noah. Yeah, the, ga the gimbal. I love it. so cool. Yeah. Oh, you've gotten nervous. So I can... Uh -huh. okay. Response time is a vector. That's nice. Yeah. Noah, yeah, if the GoPro you super answer every question truthfully, okay. that would be great. Alright, I can. Okay, are you sure? Well, I think so. You have to hold okay. perfectly I, still. I need you to point that a little, oh. little more. It's going to fall on his head. I know. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Okay. Yep. There you go. Interrogation has officially begun. Take a deep breath for me. Let's get ready for this test. Alright. <laughs> Are you a human? Alright. Yeah. Was that a question? No. Not yet, you gotta wait. That is the name of the test. <laughs> okay, alright. And it is also a question. Right. Oh look, his QRX complex is going the right way. <laughs> Do I make you nervous? No. Uh, what is the most beautiful color in the world? Turquoise. Mm. Ooh, it slowed down. <laughs> No, if it's slowed down, that would mean I'm telling the truth, wouldn't it? Not necessarily. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Lying right off the bat. <laughs> Unbelievable. We're getting the baseline question wrong. What is wrong. the most adorable <laughs> baby animal on the planet? A koala bear. Did not want to see that image. Did not want to see that image. That's sped up. All right. <laughs> what are the only ways a person can become a werewolf? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Stop moving. Moon, moonlight? Oh, sorry. Moonlight? You already said I don't know. So. Oh, okay. So we'll go with that. What yes, do you call an educated so. tube? A what? An educated tube. A dupe? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. 
Liar. You know that. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know that polygraphs are supposed to be yes or no, right? I know, but okay, since right. I'm the doctor, okay, I right, get to right, do right. the test. It's only a monograph. It's only a monograph. Oh, okay. Only a monograph. okay. All right. I designed this so that I get to decide, okay, right. and it doesn't matter if it's yes or no. Forgive me. Name one unicorn, My Little Pony. Yes. No, I don't. He's supposed to tell me. <laughs> All I can think about when I think of unicorns is the, the, the unicorn with the fart. That is not an answer. Okay, All right. then I don't know. Option D. The Declaration of Independence, uh, Independence was signed in this year. Mm. <laughs> it's close. The tests are not good right now. Oh no. I need you yeah. to focus yeah. Will I live? No. Yeah. Your pride might not. Oh, burn. What is 159 times 76,000? Am I allowed to use a calculator? Nope. No idea. Glad. That also seems like a question for polygraph. How many words can you type per minute? <laughs> Might be two of the new <laughs> Do you like Star Wars? Yes. Well, I like the last three, not the first three. It's not an answer. It is an answer. It's the honest answer. You mean you like sucked in the last three? Hours. The first three that came out are good. The most important question of all, Noah. Okay, alright. Does this test make you uncomfortable? No. Yeah. He's lying! <laughs> no, no, it really doesn't. I thought she was going to ask me how many people I switched to Linux. I thought she was going to ask if he's a human. There's going to be a lot more. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the Taylor test for you. Okay, alright. That would be good. Uh, well, I'll make it tonight. Tomorrow. Really? Last question. Where do astronauts hang out? In space. <laughs> Dude. She's not happy. She's not happy. She's not happy. Did you see that? It was like a, it wasn't yeah. just a tube. No. It was a. No. no. Yeah, it's right. bad. Yeah. You can go ahead and take those pads off and I will give you your results in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> you have to rip them off as hard as possible. Yeah, just rip them. No, go ahead. The angle's the worst. Oh yeah, actually no, I I found that out. Or actually no, it's it's worse. Yeah. It's worse when I want to know what you think you are. Yeah. Are you mean not human or cyborg? I can screenshot and print it because yeah, we can, I'm awesome. So what is the uh, what is the heat lamp for? Stress. Discomfort. It's to determine whether you are uh, obviously disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is an indicator, I believe. Yeah, I'd be very uncomfortable if I was sitting there right now really? from that light. Yes. But then again, temperature affects humans, so. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't affect the cyborg. Until they overheat. Yes. Because they use AMD processors instead of your Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very serious. What's the matter, Emma? In my terminal? Yeah. Really? I'm very sorry, Noah, but you are not human. Oh, I knew that. What is That's he? Awesome. Cyborg? Yeah, what am I? You're not human. Hot he, he's a robot. You don't, you don't get a cyborg, you get a not human. Cyborg status. He's a robot. He's a total robot. You're either, you're either a robot no, a or a cyborg. No, a cyborg is a robot. No, no, no. no. A cyborg is half. Yeah. Okay, so you get oh, to be a robot? Yeah, a robot. Oh, well, I guess that's all right then. 
<laughs> she wanted. She, I don't think she I wanted that. Cyborg. That's what I was. That's what I was aiming for. No, let's get a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got a sticker, Noah. Oh, that's great. I feel, no, I, I, I want to give wanna, Noah Taylor questions yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think this should, should be the ultimate I test. I think you should. I think the last question should be, how many people did you switch <laughs> you to Linux? And then the answer is going to be more than you every day, all day long. That's See, that's the robot answer. You, yeah, you can't have a concrete answer to that. Sure, it's the, the truth. I'm supposed to be telling the truth. If the competition has not taken place yet, you don't have a concrete answer. Well, I, Before you don't have a conclusion well, I'm just, no, or it's, a true it's, or false it's either arrogance or confidence in my ability, but either way, it's an honest answer. It's probably a little bit of a Actually, it's just sounding very robotic to me. <laughs> no engage switch mode. Now you know I got tested. No, he's not a you had to get mode. Yeah, I was a I was a cyborg. I came out as an officially I was a cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty I, happy with that. I, I got I, I even have my cyborg sticker. You know, right. I was really disappointed I wasn't a cyborg. And I actually here, especially okay. with that Google okay. Glass. Yeah, dude. exactly. Exactly. You know how many times people are like, well, you you know, uneducated people. That's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna call them. I'm call, mm-hmm. Uneducated people mm-hmm. come up to me in public and they're like, are you a cyborg? Like, and here's yeah. the thing, I recorded your cyborg testing. On my freaking Google Glass. That's funny. And I didn't even get the sticker. So, uh, you know, we were doing the live event yesterday, and there's just a lot of things going on here at the office. And so I grabbed the portable mic, and I said, I'm going to go be a fly on the wall and just go jump in on this conversation. This is just sort of a raw uh, jump into a – it just walked up in the middle of a conversation that was pretty interesting. And uh, I, uh, I don't know if that's the one there. I, uh, I wanted to uh, show it to you guys because it was uh, just an example of some of the really interesting conversations we have going on. In fact, walking around here, each station, you know, there's different things that are happening, different things people are working on. And so uh, – it was kind of neat to kind of get a little insight into what people are doing. You could, we could show them the uh, 3D printer one if we want. But yeah, do, sh- do you have it? Should we do that? We can. Or if you want, we can also roll the Minecraft one, too. That's fine. All right, let's do the Minecraft right. one. So uh, Ryan from the Minecraft project is here. And uh, if you probably remember, Minecraft is working on essentially open source artificial intelligence to compete with things like the Echo and uh, uh, Cortana and Siri. And so Minecraft is a box, and it's also artificial so, uh, open source intelligence. And uh, Ryan stopped by the booth to talk to us about where they're at with the project and some of the really cool things that he announced right here on the stream that are really going to take the open source artificial intelligence and recognizing words up to the next level. So check yeah, it. Take, it away, sure take it away. Take it away. Okay. And thanks okay. to Ryan. We appreciate it. You guys get this on the okay. video. Make sure he doesn't so get in trouble. So there is a really big problem that open source projects that want to do natural speak re- speech recognition and, uh, and all that cool fancy stuff come up against. Speech models... The ones that actually are neural networks, they understand what you're saying, they, they figure out what you're saying. They're very proprietary, mm. cost lots mm. and lots of money mm. to either buy a pre-trained speech model or right. you can try to train one, but you're going to need, like, you yeah. know, some tons enterprise and tons grade. and tons yeah. and tons of R&D on that. So no, you're we get a lot of hate. They're not hate. I shouldn't say that. Sorry, community. We get a lot of... Why aren't you guys, you doing the speech to text yourself? Why can't I put it on my own server? Why can't right. blah, blah, blah? Right. And we're like, well, that would be wonderful. Yeah. We would love that. But the problem is we either have to train a model, which is going to take yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. or yeah. we have to buy a model, which is still going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we just don't think that, I mean, if somebody, Joe Blow, wants to go out and buy, and buy a model and run Mycroft mm-hmm. and hit that, then he can do that. But mm-hmm. we're thinking a lot about this problem. And uh, we decided that we were going to start a new initiative called OpenSTT.org. And OpenSTT, OpenSpeechToText.org, will be a community-driven um, project to create an open-source model 
that anybody can use wow. for their for their speech. To, for wow, that's speech quite that's cool. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a heck of an effort. Now, you said that uh, what would happen is they would have to you'd have to buy uh, you know a trained model or whatever. What if you were to go to like the Dragon Naturally Speaking kind of a thing, where it actually. Uh, where you know I read a sentence and it starts to learn my voice. Okay, so you can hit those services, but they charge per query for something like, for instance, like my project or devices or whatever. Some open, some have like special deals for open source software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem we run up to against that is in their in their terms of service, they're like, they're like, yeah, for open source software, except for if you're doing it this way or that way or whatever. And the worst thing to do would to be to launch. A Mycroft product and violate some rule. Yeah, and then then and shut, shut down. Off. Yeah, and so uh, we're still using multiple sources to do our speech attacks, mm. and we're within their terms of service as they're stated now. But these are companies like Wit AI that's owned by Facebook and various other ones, and they could change. They could change. Yeah, they could shut them down in yeah. any moment. How do you how do you launch an effort that seems like it could be an entire company's life's work on its own, and not have that take away from the work on Mycroft? So the so the we're fortunate in that when we actually started talking about Mycroft on your show and other shows, we had a lot of really, really intelligent people come out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've been to our community website, but uh, Jonathan Dorlins, mm-hmm. he's one of our developers now. He actually has a uh, video on the site of um, him using machine learning to train a oh, cool. to train his uh, computer to play Flappy Bird. I'm sold. That's awesome. I'm sold. That's all I need. He does it through, get this, it gets more awesome, through genetic algorithms. So what you have is multiple instances. Did you just say genetic algorithms? Yes, and through natural selection, essentially, they select for the most efficient algorithm to solve this problem. Oh, that's some trippy stuff. And so so it's like it's playing out scenarios, and then whichever one naturally is the best, it selects? Yes. And so at the beginning, Flappy Bird... He's hitting everything. Yeah. By the end, Flappy Bird is using the least possible clicks in order to wow. get around all the obstacles. That is kind of neat. And That's so awesome. we're to going future. to take two different approaches with the Open SCT website. One, I'm just gonna I'm coming up with a name for it right now. Lightweight speech to text. It uses Caldi, which is a heuristic something model, and it this is all based on how words sound. And you give yeah. it just like a gigantic dictionary of how words sound. Yeah. And the computer has the different sounds and it matches them up. Yeah. That's what Figures I call the lightweight one. Okay. That's probably what what beta Mycroft users will be hitting. Okay. Which is we already are almost there. Yeah. So that's that's cool. But what I want to do and what we're working on setting up is through OpenSDT.org, training a model using this evolutionary system called it's the framework's called Neoevolution. You'll be able to get the code on the Mycroft repo sometime in the next two months. And what that one is is it'll we we're gonna have to actually have a community initiative, uh-huh. and we're gonna be relying on the community like. Because we don't have, you know, not billions, probably millions of dollars worth of R&D to put yeah, in this. Right. But we're going to need people to maybe create apps around training it. Step like, up. You know, I'd yeah. say you have something more valuable than millions of dollars of capital, and that is a motivated, a motivated and willing community. Hopefully, and capable yeah. community. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we had, uh, I don't know if I talked very much about it, but after we started... Sean Fitzgerald, the first technical hire at Siri, came on to help us. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, like I said, Jonathan Dorland. Yeah. And then we've had a lot of just volunteers who are who are part of what I would call the community instead of like mm-hmm. actually being a part of the team like mm-hmm. the original two, who are helping to kind of get these different efforts running. But 
the problem is, is if we don't do this now, the Starship Enterprise is going to run on some proprietary That's right. Yeah. I know it. I know it. And, uh, For real. It already is happening. And, and it's my nightmare scenario mm-hmm. that it's like that you're on the Starship Enterprise and it's like, welcome to Cortana, you know, and it's, and it's like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then your system blue screens, and then you you've lost your voice. Or it's connected to Google, or it's yeah, connected exactly. to Apple. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's be, like yeah. it's like oh, I see you're wanting to open the Pod Bay doors. Would you like to buy Pod Bay doors off of Amazon, like for one ninety? <laughs> for only dollar ninety. Don't, don't yeah. forget about uh, Amazon's Echo. Yeah, that's people who no, have that really like that. Grant, that I had somebody write down today that I'm responsible. I'm responsible. If Mycroft becomes really big, and you're out in space, and you come in. After doing, a, a, what do they call it, where you get out of the ship and you do some maintenance? Oh, like some e, like an EV kind of Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're coming back in the ship and you're like, Mycroft, open the pod bay doors. Right. And Mycroft's like, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. Yeah. And you're like, who is Dave? Or today because I asked Siri to route me to Radio Shack and it's like, I don't see any restaurants named Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah. I'm not asking about a restaurant. Well, I said I'm responsible because I wrote the Easter egg. That's if you ask it to open the pod bay doors, it says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Dude. Oh, yeah, it is. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, now that's not, that's funny and haha, but when somebody's actually trying to get inside the in pod space, bay you doors, you might want to comment yeah. that out when that actually yeah, happens. I'm going to yeah. make it so in the documentation, if you're deploying this on the spaceship, please. Hilarious. Disable this skill. You know what's funny, actually? So there was <clears throat> a long time ago that I was when I was I was studying religion back in in college, and they were talking about um, this particular group of uh, I won't say the, the name, but they're a group of religious people, and they had this cat that always had to be on this little pedestal. And for thousands of years, they would always buy this cat and put it on this pedestal. And nobody ever really knew why. They just knew that that was very important. That a real in, cat? A real cat. In, in, the, in the temple, you always put this cat on, <clears throat> on this special pedestal. And finally, they found like this ancient scroll that talked about one of, the, one of the very first elders inside the church. And he got sick of his cat running over his lap. So he had, he had uh, them build this little platform so his pet cat could stay up so he'd be out of the way. And it was like... Oh, that's why that's why we did that. So here's here's my prediction. In 50 years when we have pod bay doors, you'll be long gone and by that time Minecraft will be hundreds yeah. of hundreds of yeah. millions of lines of code and that little part will have got, gotten completely forgot about it yeah. and then eventually that's going to happen that's and my there, concern, and here actually. and here people are going to start going back to the historical documents and they'll and come across this. this interview yeah. and be like that's where that line, because somebody's undoubtedly going to question. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's, undoubted, somebody's undoubtedly going to question, and undoubtedly going to question, why would somebody take the time to write a line that says, "Don't oh, we can't open the pod yeah, bay doors, not, and then They're not even going to have Space Odyssey 2001. Is like, they're mm. not even going to know that. Mm. So it's, mm. like, it's like, this is just Ryan's sixth sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, that's and okay. now they'll know. Now you've so, explained okay, it. So, okay, so if, if people are watching that maybe want to get involved, where would they go? Mycroft.ai, community.mycroft.ai. Okay. Sign up on the forums. You can pop in. We also have an IRC channel. Mm. It's uh, So here's the deal. Mm. I Whenever I, I, I demoed, I don't know if you saw this, I demoed Mycroft running on the Ubuntu phone. I don't think I saw you, that. Ubuntu no. Online Summit, and on the desktop. I did see that. I think uh, I did see some. I did see a, something about the online okay, desktop. Okay, so the. Uh, okay, so I lost my <coughs> thought there. Sorry. What was your question? <laughs> well, I think I was. Where, where do you want people to go? You said community. Oh, yeah. community. Okay, so we have an IRC channel. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was Mycroft AI, and then some guy in the community was like, "Actually, I the guy who registered Mycroft when I first saw your project pop up on Kickstarter. He's like, if you'd like to move over to there." then you that'd can. be great. And so I was like, yeah, let's move over there. Yeah. So now we have people in both Mycroft AI yeah, yeah. and Mycroft. So if yeah. 
you want to actually have a conversation with us in IRC, jump in Mycroft. Yeah. If you jump in Mycroft AI, I guess there will be people there and we'll talk mm -hmm. to you. But Mycroft is the official channel. Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. And uh, community.mycroft.ai, it's a uh, forum and you can post your ideas. Really, ideas, people probably think I'm just like, here, post an idea. Yeah, we'll totally look at it. But actually, some of the best ideas I've gotten from Mycroft functions have come from like, hey, can Mycroft maybe, like, can we develop a skill to make Mycroft be the dungeon master in Dungeons & Dragons? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, we can. That's awesome. That's, awesome. That's a good one. That's great. Or, like, uh, what's those games where it's like, you're in a room, it's dark, go yeah. northwest, Oh, east, my gosh, south. like an old yeah. mud game. Yeah, exactly. You totally could do that yeah. over voice. Yeah, and oh, so, like, cool. some of my... Some of the we best, haven't seen that yet, actually. Yeah, some of the best ideas have come from the community. And so if you have an idea... Jeez. Papa Ryan's like reading through those. You should run with that. that I think that 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 is a that game idea is solid. Yeah, I, I would seriously so. like if I, if I stuck in the hotel room like I yeah. am. I got I wake up at five a.m. and I got to kill a few hours. I'd be like, yeah, I'll play a game. Heck yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. go north. Yeah. Pick up the knife. Yeah, plus you could do it while you're walking around doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Go That's after cool. Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Find <laughs> Noah, destroy Noah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, all right. all right. Well, thank you for the update, yeah, Ryan. No Thanks for problem, the exclusive guys. info there. We Thanks appreciate it. It's good for to see you. This event. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys at the arcade bar. Yes? Absolutely. The barcade. The barcade. Barcade. The one up tonight. I'll tell you what, not only am I excited about the Minecraft project, but I'm excited to see that they're continuing to push it forward. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. That is a great it, initiative. And you know what? There are a few people that can carry a project like Ryan with, with the charisma that, I mean, like, he is the kind of guy that when you're around him, Everyone just kind of starts to kind of migrate and kind of, you know, and then he just has this crowd that just kind of follows yeah. him. He's just, yeah. a, he's just a really nice, likable guy. Nice to talk to, And, too. you know, if you think about it, Chris, that's the guy you want in charge that's true. of something like AI. That's true. Good point. Good <laughs> or, point. Or, or speech recognition. Yeah, good point. Now, because we want to do things backwards, we thought to wrap up, the last clip we wanted to play is actually us arriving at System 76. It only makes sense. And basically, just kill it once we get right through the door. We don't need to go in and do any more than that. Just kind of when we walk through the door, I just kind of want them to see what it's like to walk in here. And, and then we'll just jump right back. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, play it for them, Noah. Okay, Noah, I got it recording now. Okay, all right. The sign tells me to go this way. All right. Look at that. There's a sign on the wall. It's probably a good chance where we're supposed to go then. I think you're right. Ooh, ooh, I see. I see. What do you see, Noah? What do you see? And there's the door. <laughs> and then we entered knock, System knock. 76. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was. It's been. A, it's been a fun couple of days that we've been here, and we get to experiment. I've been running the uh, the little uh, the whole episode on the new Oryx Pro laptop. Yeah, yeah. I got my hands on that. It's not officially released yet, but they had it here in demo for people to check out. And they're like, "I needed a laptop to borrow tonight. Can I?" And he's like, "Yeah, you can take any Carl. You can take any laptop. Oryx Pro. I'll take the Oryx, please." And so I grabbed that laptop. It's been an amazing machine. I won't. It's not. The, I won't. I'm not doing a review yet. But let me just say, it has been a very impressive computer. I've really enjoyed it. You know, there's a number of things I've liked about System 76. I, I mean, first of all, off the bat, this is by far been the easiest on-site location thing we've ever done because every time we're like, we need a computer. They're, oh, let's let's build you a computer right yeah. here in the thing. And they, yeah. literally, they're just, they're like, what graphics card do you want? Do you want a 600 series, 700 series, 900 series, do you want, do you want Intel? Do you want, yeah. like, uh... Oh, yeah, you need, you need, uh, just oh, you, you need another Ethernet? capture card? Yeah. We can put a yeah. capture card. Yeah. You want Ethernet? You know, yeah. uh, I mean, everything mm -hmm. we wanted, mm -hmm. they just, I mean, we have professional light setups, we have underlight, we have a cool desk. I mean, like, just... Unbelievable, nice. unbelievable nice. support yep. from System76. And the other thing is, I was I kind of alluded to this yesterday, is we have our operating system. If you are reliant to do your work on Windows or Mac OS, and you come to, a, to, to any place, really, you can't just... I mean, you, I suppose you could go to Best Buy and buy another computer for a couple thousand dollars, but... 
you'd have to spend all the time uh, installing you know, the operating yeah. system and the drivers and stuff. They are literally, he takes his computer in from his house, plugs it in, images it with 1404, mm-hmm. which takes about 35 seconds, and then he yeah. hands it to us, yeah. and, then all, you know, and then we can just think, do what we want. I think one of the things walking away from this is the biggest experience I had is there is so much going on behind the scenes here that you have no idea. Like that imaging system you just talked about yeah, is yeah. a custom oh, system yeah, they yeah. built to make it possible. Like yeah. So many little things, like, little, like, like, oh, there's this minor issue in the firmware, so we're not shipping that product yet, and we have to make sure this is perfect. And mm-hmm. it's, so much of that happens, or, or how the manufacturing process happens here in the U.S., people don't even know about that. Uh, you know, it's a, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, so it was interesting to come here and see some of that, too. Uh, so it's been a pretty good experience. Any other uh, kind of uh, wrapping thoughts you have on our trip to System 76 there, Noah? You know, I guess the, the biggest thing is just a huge thank you to Carl and, 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 and Emma and Luis and all mm-hmm. the people that have been, mm-hmm. you know, the whole team here that has mm-hmm. really kind of just welcomed us with open arms and helped set us up with the, the yeah. hotel and point us to the good restaurants and, and just really taken us yeah. taken us in for the time that we've been here. It's been a it, it, hands down best on-site location thing we've ever done mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun and it's been uh, it's been some good experiences with uh, meeting different individuals too that have come out here some excited oh, people. Yeah, sorry. That's another thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you ha- you want to meet people that <laughs> You want to meet some people that really hate Windows? You 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 want to meet some people that really don't like Apple products? I mean, this is the place to go. Like, how m- every every time we're turning around, somebody's somebody's making fun of Windows or making fun of. It yeah, does feel just, good. It does feel good. It does. It's, it's, it's cathartic. Yeah, it's it's, nice. it, it, it's, it's kind of nice. Get out of your system. Well, and so the rest of the place that we go. As geeks, as Linux geeks, we're always being made fun of. It's like, oh, you're using that other operating system here. And if you're not using Linux, and actually, really, specifically Ubuntu even, if you're not using Ubuntu, it's like, you're yeah. second class. Maybe. Yeah. Not, did anybody care to? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I did feel a little art shame at one point. Yeah. But it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, with a big thank you to System76, it was really cool. We'll have more, too, in the rover log. When that makes it out, check jupiterbroadcasting.com slash rover for that. And a big thank you for everybody out here, everybody that came out to say hi to us at the meetup last night as well. That was a lot of fun. So that is the Linux Action Show's trip to System76. And that brings us to the end of this week's broadcast from Colorado. But Noah, before we get out of here, we do have some emails to read. In fact, this one from Dennis K comes in about reloading machines. He says, hey guys, I hear you discuss regularly how you are always reloading your machines. I, wa- I was wondering if you could elaborate on some best practices. What processes do you use for backup beforehand? And then to get your machine back up and running with every day, everything you need the way you need it. Also, maybe you could give some examples of what tasks you have running on your droplets. Just some thoughts. Keep up the great work. Dennis. So, I, actually, it's funny that you mentioned Trillo before we got to the feedback segment because that's actually one of the things I wanted to, to shine the light on is the fact that you want to talk about some people who can reload some mach- machines really fast. Here, I, this is a place to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, they have basically they have created an image of like a fourteen oh four install. They've gone through and stripped out all the little things that are and specific to a machine, like turned out things like search results. Yeah. Yes. Fixed, there's actually a little a lot of little small right. fixes. Yeah, that. tons that you wouldn't notice mm-hmm. uh, uh, unless you're unless you're Linux geeks, and then you go to to make all the tweaks that you would have already they're made, fixed. and then they're already fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's how I reload my machines. Is images? Is, is images, yeah. Oh, okay. So any, any, all of our work machines have a work image, and I'm using Clonezilla, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but um, there's, I mean, there's a variety of different imaging solutions. And then, of course, there are some places, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend this, mm. but they actually, though I've, I've been to a couple places, they'll actually use DD. Yeah. And they just DD the image on and yeah. then expand the partition out. I got to say, you know, and I'm not doing it you know, on dozens of machines at a time or anything like that, but for me... 
reinstalling the operating system is pretty much the least time-intensive part of setting up a new machine or reloading a machine. Mm -hmm. The OS install goes so easy and quick now yeah. that really what it is is tweaking all my applications, modifying all my little things. So what I have pretty much done is between Dropbox and Sync thing yeah. and Chrome and a few other things, a lot of my stuff just syncs back down as soon as I knew it. Like I was borrowing this Oryx Pro here for last night, and I just had to get a few key pieces of software installed. And it's pretty much a, it's a, now it's a full-blown workstation. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I should uh, elaborate a little bit. Uh, the, when I say image the machine, I mean I've installed Firefox, I've installed Thunderbird, I've set up my email, oh, okay. I've set up, I mean, all that so stuff. So real baseline is, yeah, is all yeah. your baseline apps. All the things that I know for sure yeah. I'm going to have, and that way I can just boom, do you re Do that. you recreate a master image often? or uh, Probably once a year. I okay. do. I mean, the you know the last the honestly the last year has been because we've been doing distro reviews and I've been doing the show and uh, I've been bouncing around for machines. I actually haven't used my image. Mm. Uh, I've been reinstalling from scratch, but mm -hmm. that's that's what I would do. Yeah. So Esteban writes in and he wants to <laughs> he wants to criticize me on cro a cockpit. He oh good. Says, yeah. He says. Um, uh, when we switch from uh, oh 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 half of his email is missing. Um, well, uh, he says I am in the tax business and old enough to remember when we prepared taxes with pencil and paper. Sometimes I think the new tax preparer should know how to do the tax forms flow without depending on the software. Anytime we have new tools arrive, the old fart will say that the old tools are crutches, forgetting that when he himself started, he used the newest tools at that time. And I have to tell you, if this if that didn't actually come out, oh, because he's talking about how you were concerned about cockpit making yes. it too easy to make to, to deploy Linux servers, and then you'd have. Right. And so if, if I wasn't clear in, the, in, in that particular segment, I think it's a great thing. I think that new tools are a great thing. I think that lowering the barrier to entry to get more, more people to be administrating on Linux is a great thing. I do, however, think that as you lower that barrier to entry and it requires less and less overall knowledge of the underlying uh, system, I do think that you're going to uh, run into uh, issues with competency. I think there is something there, and I'm not saying people shouldn't use those tools, and I don't, and I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those tools. Um, I think that's what Esteban's saying, though. Is that yeah. that's what always what people say. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, then I guess Back I'm in my day, yeah, right. you didn't have graphical web interfaces yeah, to right. set up Apache. That's right. You, you grabbed a man page and, and can wrote a config file in VI. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? You can email us too. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com/contact and send in your contact form, or even better, linuxactionshow.reddit.com news picks. Uh, open source projects we should spotlight. Community interactions, awesome there. All your insights are appreciated. Linuxactionshow.reddit.com, and there will also be a feedback thread for 391, and you can give us feedback specific to this episode right there in that thread. Right? That's right. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, last but not least, don't forget, we do have jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for when we are live. And, of course, we also have jblive.tv where the live action happens at. That's a great place to check out. We're normally live on Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, today we were a little bit early, so that way I can catch my flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Catch I my do. flight. All right, we're both going to catch your flight, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so. Yeah, that's true. So. Follow me on Twitter, at Colonel Linux. Follow him, at Chris LES. Follow mm -hmm. the network, at Jupiter Signal. Yeah, do it. Uh, so. Anything else? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks so much for turning this week's episode of the Linux Action Show, and we'll see you right back here next week. Starting to hurt already. So Noah and I did a lot of walking yesterday. <laughs> we did a lot of walking because we got. Are lost. we going to talk about this on camera? Well, I mean, we might as well. All right, show so content. <clears throat> we got. Uh, we ended up getting. Well, so neither of us are terribly smart. Yeah, we're, we're dumb people, and we also get very distracted very easily. Plus, we got a lot on our minds. We got. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're at a live event. We're trying to coordinate meetups. We're trying to coordinate interviews. You know, you know footage. That's not edit. even. That's not even legitimate because ninety percent of the crap we talked about is like life stuff it has nothing to do with yeah, it I know. now that i think about it, like it's because those are the only moments we get to talk about that yeah, stuff because yeah. we're always working yeah so uh pretty much every time we've parked on this trip we immediately forgot where we parked the car 
So when you're in a big downtown metropolitan area, there are a lot of parking garages and a lot of places to park. And so when you forget where you park, there is pretty much no way around it other than just walking a lot. So we walked a lot yesterday. And then, of course, this is a standing booth, so we then also were standing we, all day. We parked in the parking lot. We walked to the hotel, checked in, only to walk back to the car. But we got lost, so we wound up in, in a different parking lot. And then finally found the parking lot with the car, which we realized that we didn't pay for it, but we didn't realize that until after we were, like, I don't know, away from it, and got back in the car and then drove over to System 76 where we couldn't find the parking there, so we parked down the street from there. Which was actually further away than we were just originally parked yeah. before we got the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And came in, then we got back out to the car and drove to another place and parked to get pizza and then found another uh, another parking. Like, I, I, I found parking because I dropped Chris off. Uh, so you wouldn't have to put up with my my horrible parking. And then I found a parking lot, and I start walking to the hotel, and I'm like, oh, it's only eight-tenths of a mile back to the hotel. Oh, there's a parking lot. Oh, I should have parked there. Oh, well. Uh, there's another parking lot. I could have parked there. And, like, it turns out, right around the corner from the hotel is a parking lot, and I could have parked there. So the next morning, we had to walk all the way back. And Chris is like, so um, why, why don't you just park there? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah. It gets just wait, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, we're gonna or pass there. a few more, yeah, or yeah. there, yeah, or there. Any of the five would have been better. I mean, you picked like the worst one. I'm like, yeah. So then we drove, and we were we were in such deep conversation. We wanted to get to a store that we just parked the car, and like we were in. We, he looked at me, and he's like, "Now remember where we are." And I'm like, "All right, we're on." And we look around, we're like B3. Oh, or B2. It wasn't even B3. You didn't even get the. We didn't even get the floor right. Yeah, yeah. Well, so wait, wait. We're like, okay, we know where the car is, and then we walk out the door and pay no attention to where the actual garage is. Yeah. So we go to the store, and then we walk from the store over to System 76, and then System 76 to Radio Shack and back, and to lunch and back, and all over the place. And at the end of the day, I'm like, so uh, where's the car, Chris? And he's yeah. like, oh, no. I believe that was not quite what I said. I believe it was more, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> trying to be appropriate for what? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, so then we then we got we tagged one of the System Seventy Six guys to like be our tour guide, and he was on the ball. Like he's like, it's down here. This is what you're describing. This yeah. is where it is. And yeah. like both Chris are, are like, like, we don't feel like that's right. Nothing, nothing looks right here. Yeah. This is not where we parked. We're not. And, oh, there it is. There, there's the garage. There it is. But then we couldn't figure out how to get into the garage. It's just it's been a nonstop. And then of course last night after the meetup, we we paid attention. We 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 said we're not going to lose our vehicle again. We will mark the location using GPS on our phone. Yes. We sent the location to each other, so either one of our phones would have it. Right. Which was pretty clever, if you think about yep. it. Yep. And then we walk out of the restaurant, bring up the, mm-hmm. the GPS. And mind you, this it wasn't complicated. It's like, here's the parking lot, and then there's a street, and then there's a turn, and then there's like, here's the place. And Google... What? Well, it's just like, like it just grabbed Google. the wrong I mean, yeah, location or something. Yeah, the wrong location being like the other side of town. So we start walking and it's like we're going up these staircases and we're like, huh, we can go up the staircase last yeah. time. We walk over a train track. We cross like, some train tracks. Like, we go over the I'm train like, tracks. Chris, do we see a train? He's like, I don't remember. I don't remember crossing like, train tracks. And of no. course, my, my mind starts filling things in. I'm like, oh, we saw a train. I'm sure we saw a train. Yeah, you did say something yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I think I saw a train. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's right. And then we get to this place and it's like, you have arrived at your destination. Please look. And we're like at a bus station. Yeah, and there's like a chain link fence and then dirt. And I'm like, well, the car's on the other side of that fence supposedly so, so we try so then we decide we're gonna try to walk around so we can see around the fence but uh, no it turns out that the location had just completely tagged the wrong spot so even when we tried to note where it was it sent us way off in the wrong direction so we, we ended up walking like for 25 minutes last night in the wrong direction uh, you know and it by the way it's like 30 degrees here so it's <laughs> he actually the, his his knees have been or your legs have been like really getting to you like yeah. the, like halfway through yesterday yeah and so like before we even left system 76 you're like oh man I don't know if I can do a whole lot of walking. And then as a, tr- and he even joked, like we're walking out the door and he's like, 
we park the car, it's going to be like eight blocks to the car, but we'll walk an extra 12. Yeah, that turned out to be almost spot on. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So we are just, uh, you know what it is? We're simple folk that need a simpler town, I think. Yeah. We like yeah, a simpler yeah, layout. Yeah, but man, go look at a map of Denver, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. I come from Grid. Yeah, it is. Somebody drunk put this place yeah. together. <laughs> Seriously. It's all over the place. I live in a rover down by the ocean, to be, to be technically accurate. I do not live in a van. Although, you know what? Huh. See, people don't really know this until you've tried this. Okay. But people think it's a downgrade. But to be honest, now that oh, I've no. lived in a trailer, I honestly, if it was just me, mm -hmm. it was always just me, didn't ever have to have kids over mm -hmm. or anything like that, I'd consider a camper van. Here's the thing. There there are some major, major advantages. Mm -hmm. uh, one is you are forced to downsize. Mm -hmm. So you only have essential stuff. You don't have junk, yeah. which means that things don't really yeah, get Which messy. was becoming a huge problem for me. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, it takes no, no more than 10 minutes to clean the whole place. Mm -hmm. Clean the whole place in 10 yeah. minutes. And you find yourself, you're not tempted to buy stuff. You don't walk into right. Best Buy and start looking at 16-inch plasmas because no. where would you put them? That's exactly right. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think there are a number of advantages. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is it, it, it is a, and we were talking about this in the car, there is a there is a serious cultural paradigm problem. I'm yeah. going to call it a problem. And that I agree. Is people just think that bigger is better, and so you end up working hours upon hours upon hours mm -hmm. just to make the, mm -hmm. the the minimum payments so that you can have all of this stuff so that you, you never get to, to enjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah. It just it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, as a podcaster, I can't really plan on having like a six hundred thousand dollar house or something like that because yeah, you know. right. Um, but. Uh, no, the other thing about it is the fact that because the rover is fundamentally smaller and simpler than a house, mm -hmm. like my entire life, mm -hmm. I have never been a handy person. I have never, mm -hmm. I have never been willing to do any work on my house at all because it just seemed too complex and overwhelming and I'd just rather hire an expert. Sure. But with the trailer, I can literally, in my mind right now, I can visualize where all the water pipes are, how the powers run throughout the whole thing, which outlets are connected to which outlets, which ones are on their own independent uh, circuit yeah. breakers. Which all of that stuff is in my head. Like I, I can yeah. I can conceptualize everything about that place. And so when it's like, yeah. oh, I need to replace the water spigot, well, my solution was, well, I'll go replace the water spigot. Yeah, like I can do that. Sure. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, there's actually there's less things to go wrong. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Because you can you can get to the entire piping system for your entire camper really. Did you start underneath? What my why uh, your my your pipes pipes yeah some uh, per part of it they do. Okay, but then they just tuck up where they need to. Yeah. Yeah, so basically you have access to everything. If you go under the sink, you can get access mm -hmm. to the sink. Mm -hmm. And then you go under the camper, you have access to that. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's just a flexible PVC mm -hmm. you know, that's running there. So. The other thing, is, which is actually legitimate for me, is uh, I have a history of eventually hating my neighbors super bad. Like, uh, I, oh, moved, yeah. I moved out of the, what, was the, what is now the studio. That was my first house. I moved out of that because I hated my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I can't stand the neighbors at... At Angel's house, mm -hmm. can't stand them. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like I don't even want to take the garbage out because yeah, like because because the, the way my the way my porch is when I step out, yeah. he can see me. It yes. looks right into his backyard. Right, hey neighbor, what you doing? And I'm like there in my like my white undershirt and my boxers. Yeah. I'm like trying to take out my trash, and then I'm in a 15 minute conversation. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so that was driving me crazy too. And so I so like now it's like if I get an annoying neighbor, first of Turn all, the key. First of all, everybody is a little. Uh, just a little more offbeat out there. <laughs> so I really haven't run anybody I don't really like or find interesting. Yeah. So that hasn't really been an issue yet. Well, and the other thing is, too, is a lot of people that are into campers are into kind of more private lifestyle mm -hmm. because they spend a lot of time mm -hmm. outdoors. I think part of, of where some of the bias comes from from people is, like, there are trashy RV parks. Like, I oh, did sure. stay Oh, in, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was trashy. 
anytime you get housing that caters to lower income people, I think that you're going to run into. I think that I think the hassle factor is going to go up a little bit. But um, and that's not not that's not I'm not that's not saying it's a pejorative at all. But um, I think that just yeah. facts speak for themselves. And so uh, and so. Yeah, I think you'd find into that. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot I'd say a large majority of them, and you probably could speak more authoritatively than I can, aren't a lot, large majority of those people that are doing that in their in their elder years and kind of doing their golden dream oh, yeah, of yeah. traveling? Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty quiet and low-key. Yeah, that's fair. Cool.